Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the ANZW podcast, where we amplify the voice and profile of incredible women and allies in the ServiceNow community across Australia and New Zealand, bringing the voices of diversity and inclusion to you, whether you're taking a coffee break, walking the dog, or like me, cycling through Costa Rica on my Nordic track. I'm Katrina Reed, a senior principal strategist in the Inspire Value team. And today I'm here with Tess Dunlop, a senior solution consultant at ServiceNow and star of today's episode. Welcome, Tess. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Katrina. Can you tell us a little about yourself and your career history? Yeah, yeah, of course. When I was finishing up high school, I really I had no idea what I wanted to do with my career. Um, I knew I was really interested in two different subjects at high school. I really loved visual art and the creative part of that, you know, drawing, painting. But I also really loved math. Um, it was one of my favorite subjects at school. So um, I really wanted to make sure I was going down a career path that allowed me to do a bit of both. And a, as part of that, doing a bit of research into different career paths that I could take, I kind of came across software engineering. And I think it's it really is the perfect blend of both of those things where you need to be a little bit creative in the in the sense of being a front end front end software engineer, you need to be able to build websites and understand colors and shapes and all of that. But as well, you need to have a bit of an analytical mindset, being able to write the code and just understand how it all comes together. So um, when I was finishing up school, I spent a bit of time looking at different courses and I came across a, a course particular at UTS, which I applied for and actually received a cooperative scholarship with the company Talus, um, where I was able to spend about a month um, in my first year of uni interning, learning all about software engineering. Um, and, and as part of that, I was actually building some simulations for the Defence Force, which was really, really cool. So it was kind of like building video games, but more from a software perspective, which was re a really awesome kind of first step into the world of tech. After that, I did about five years of the course where I actually got to spend two six-month internships. So part of the, the course at UTS that I did was you had to do two six-month internships to be able to pass and, and, and complete the, the Bachelor of Engineering. So I was really lucky. I, I actually got to spend some time about a year in total with the ABC. Uh, so I applied and I actually got a women in, in technology um, role there where I was working with a number of different departments across the ABC internally and as well as more of the externally facing technology where I was working on the ABC News website. I was building password verification systems for them. I think I also got to build a mobile app for the, the news journalists who are out on the road doing news stories and entering all of that information that went straight into their CMS. Um, so it was really amazing. And as part of uh, part of that two, six-month internship process, at the end of my degree, they actually um, offered me a role there, which was awesome. I got to work with an agile development team working on the ABC Life website, which was really, really cool. But after a couple of years there, I decided I really wanted to move more into a role where I, I got to speak and spend more time with people. And I find with software engineering, it, it's amazing, but you spend a lot of time behind a computer and not necessarily interacting with people as much. So um, I actually came across a really amazing opportunity um, with a company called Salesforce, uh, where I joined as kind of like a graduate. It was part of this program that they have for the FutureForce program, um, where I joined as a solution engineer. And I found that was the perfect blend of everything I was looking for in the fact that I was able to be very technical and build all of these really cool components uh, for demos, but I was also able to have that, that human interaction as well, 
working with customers, working with a team, understanding challenges. Um, so that was really, really amazing. I was able to do a one-year deep dive into learning everything about what a solution solution engineer does. So whether it's um, learning the tech, the product, or really learning all about the pre-sales engagement side of the job. And then after that year, I, I ended up being able to work in an industry vertical. So working with customers across the communications, media, and utility industries. So it was great. I got to work with a lot of different customers like Channel 9, Telstra, AGL, right across the board, which was which was really awesome. And then after a couple of years there, I decided I wanted a bit of a change. Um, I actually wanted to relocate to Melbourne uh, from Sydney. So I decided to, to take a bit of a change and move to ServiceNow um, and, and do the same kind of role as a solution engineer or solution consultant, but more from a, a specialty lens. So moving specifically across to customer service style software, which is kind of where I am right now. So you mentioned that your passion for art helps in designing the user experience and how people use technology. Do you think that also serves you well in terms of being able to approach problem solving with a very creative mindset? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of the role of being a solution consultant or a solution engineer, you know, you have the problem solving aspect, but a lot of the time, it's all about the delivery of how you can present that back to a customer. And I think um, having that creative side allows you to be able to put together some really engaging presentations and demonstrations um, that can really have a more memorable impact with a customer and really kind of sell that value or the vision that they have. And again, that's one of the things I love most about being a solution engineer. It's being able to do the problem solving part and understanding the challenges that customers have and solving it, but also being able to present it back to them and, and really see the impact that it's having, specifically when, when you get to see, you know, a physical reaction that they have, whether it's a big smile on their face or, you know, a bit of a wow when you do a presentation. I think that's the most rewarding part of the role. Some of our mis- listeners may not be familiar with the role of a solution engineer. Can you describe the role and what are its core responsibilities? Yeah, of course. So as part of my role as a solution consultant, I work alongside a salesperson. Um, and so what we do is we we work with a number of different customers to try and understand what their challenges are or what their goals might be. And as part of that process, really design a bespoke solution that's going to solve those challenges or to help them reach those goals. And so a big part of that is being able to take those challenges and, and take the, the vision that they have for where they want to take their, their business and be able to present that back to them as, as a bit of a bespoke solution. So a lot of the time you spend, you know, building out a demonstration in, in a demo environment. So uh, we get access to the software, we build it out, we give them a bit of an idea of what it could look like for their organization. And then we present that back to really highlight the value that the software or the solution is going to bring to their business. That sounds very consultative, very customer facing. Is it an area that's fast paced? Oh, absolutely. I think it's one of those jobs where every day is completely different. I don't think you ever have a similar day or the same day, but that's what I love most about it. It's it's always keeps you on your toes. You always have to be learning. You can't just sit there and expect to you know, once you've learned something that's going to last forever, the software is always changing. It's always updating. You get to work with the product team as well, which I, I, being a bit more technical, I love. I love to communicate with the product team, what customers are thinking, what ideas that they have or what ideas I've come across and present it back to them and, and kind of see where they're going to take the software to try and solve those customers' 
challenges. So that's also a really rewarding part of the role. Has your career taken you overseas much? Oh, that is definitely one of the perks, I think, of being a solution consultant. Um, I've been able and I've been fortunate enough to have been sent to the US twice, uh, once for an onboarding boot camp, which was amazing. I went to San Francisco and I got to meet a number of uh, different solution consultants from around the world. So from all the way over in Europe to the Americas, um, to all of Asia Pacific. So that was awesome. Uh, we did a bit of a deep dive training into the solution engineering role and and the tech and getting to meet the product people specifically. Um, and I've also was lucky to have recently just come back from the US uh, doing another deep dive into a specific product that we've just released um, at ServiceNow uh, only a couple of months ago. So that was amazing getting to work with the product team specifically and understand all about it, the data models, the UI, you know, the demo tips and tricks and and also giving feedback to the product team around where we, we can see the direction of the product going. But as well, we also get to do a lot of traveling as, as part of the role domestically. So visiting customers, whether it's in Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, we get to kind of go all around Australia, which is another great part of the role, which I love. So I was also a solution engineer for many years in my career. And I one of the things I loved most about it was those connections you make when you're overseas, you know, meeting other solution engineers from around the world. They last for a lifetime. Like even now, you know, we've all gone on to do different things, work for different companies, moving to different parts of the business. And there just seems to be something about the global SE community that everyone stays in touch and is overly supportive of people's success. Absolutely. When I went to the US the second time, I was able to even meet up with some of the the team um, that I met while overseas the first time. So you definitely keep that community with you and they're an amazing network that you build. And a lot of solution engineers end up kind of moving overseas at some point as well, just for other opportunities. So it's really great to have that international network. So as someone who's super passionate about the technology, given you love spending times with product teams, what are some of the emerging technologies that you're most excited about? So one emerging technology that I'm, I'm quite interested about and, and I'm always learning a little bit more about um, is actually Web3. I think it's quite interesting. It's actually been coined the future of the internet. Um, so for those of you who aren't really aware of all the different types of web, we kind of started with Web1, which is all about being able to read content on the on the internet. Then we've got Web 2, which is all about reading and writing. And we're now kind of emerging into the next level, which is Web 3, um, which is being able to read, write, and own. So if you're kind of uh, aware around blockchain or the concept of blockchain, um, that's kind of what, what Web 3 is. It's applying that kind of technology um, to give users more control over the internet. And I think we're really going to see a shift there, you know, taking the vision of the NFTs, blockchain, decentralized finance, and applying that to the web. It kind of removes a lot of challenges that people have now. It gives people a little bit more transparency. It removes censorship. So when we think about news and all of that, people get more ownership of data, uninterrupted services, and a reduction in, in kind of data leaks as well, because we have a, a more centralized ownership of that data. So I think it's really fascinating. And I'm always interested in learning more about and seeing what happens. Uh, with the future of Web3. As someone that loves technology and uses it to solve problems for companies, 
Is there any problem that you deal with in your daily life, like on a personal level, that you just wish someone would hurry up and solve? Ooh, that's a good question. I think, I mean, I think we're seeing it a lot with smart houses and like I love IoT and I think that's one area of tech that I think is creeping more and more into the, our daily lives and I think it does solve a lot of challenges. I've got at home a lot of smart devices, whether it's my heater, which I've programmed to turn on at a particular time each morning. So that's I always awesome. wake up really warm. <laughs> oh, you can't live without it now that I've, now that I've got that. Um, I control all my lights on my app, my TV, everything. So I think um, we're moving more and more into an IoT connected home living lifestyle. And I think it's only going to get better and better and and solve a lot more of those challenges. So I'm really excited um, to see where that heads and, and how, you know, we can play a bigger part in that. So I am notorious for putting a wash on and forgetting about it. And then you go back in like 10 hours later and realize you've got all these wet, soggy clothes sitting in the washing machine. And the day I got a connected washing machine that texts me when the wash is finished was just a life changer. And it sounds so lame that you get excited when someone, you know, prompts you to empty the the washing machine, but it's amazing how much easier it makes life because you don't have to remember that stuff. Absolutely. It just takes out all that complexity and, and it makes it so simple and easy. And especially when we're living such busy lives and we're often working from home and there's distractions, it just makes life easier when your washing machine goes, hey, you remember you put that wash on? Yeah, it's ready now. (laughs) I need to get one of those. (laughs) Well, I don't have the IoT connected heaters, but I do have two dogs and two cats that often wander in and sit on your lap. So um, they're my auto turned on (laughs) heating devices. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I need to get one of those as well. (laughs) What is some of the best advice you've received from a mentor or coach that has served you well in your career so far? I think I've received once from one of my uh, managers a really good piece of advice. And I think it was something along the lines of um, when having a conversation, don't just listen to respond, try to listen to understand. And I think that works really well in this line of work as well because you spend so much time listening to customers. I think that's maybe 50% of of the role is sitting in meetings and actually listening to their challenges. And I think making sure you really understand that the most important part is trying to understand what they're saying rather than just listening to respond is important because I think it helps you create more of a meaningful conversation and a meaningful relationship with them. And I think when they really understand that you're there to understand them and understand their business, and you really want to help them overcome those challenges, I think that's when you have the most impact. Does that also help when dealing with internal colleagues? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think a lot of the role is, is not not only just communicating with, um, with customers, but it, there's a lot of internal stakeholder management and relationship building that you need to do. And I find that specifically having moved more into a specialist role where I support a team of core or fields solution consultants or AEs, we're more there to support them. So understanding where they're coming from and what challenges they're facing and what they're trying to achieve as well is really important for us to be able to make sure that we're building trust internally to help them build trust with the customer and and solve their problems. Have you found that mentors and coaches in general have been a big part of your career so far? Oh, absolutely. I don't think I would have even knew what solution engineering was unless I didn't have mentors. And and I think 
they've definitely given me so much advice and helped me navigate how to direct my career and what kind of um, steps I should be taking and, you know, whether it's just advice on who to be talking to or what kind of courses I should be taking. Um, I think mentors are such an important part of of the role and I think it's, you know, great to have more than one. In terms of a career path, do you have any ideas of where you want to take this solution consulting role? I think I've always had an interest in product and I think that's definitely somewhere I'd like to go down the future. So I'm really enjoying the role right now and I definitely see myself doing this for for a number of years going forward. But I think if I'm to think where I want my career to go later down the track, I definitely could see myself more doing product management and, and talking to customers and understanding ways we can improve the product features we can add. I think being a little bit closer to the tech as well is really exciting. What what excites me um, and that's where I've, I've, I'm most passionate about the job. I see one of the greatest things about the solution consulting role is because you have a hand in working with customers, you have a hand in technology, you have a hand in, you know, the creative side and problem solving. It feels like the kind of role where, you know, someone could take their career in any direction, whether they wanted to move deeper into the product or whether they wanted to, you know, go out and work in the industry for a customer or whether they wanted to move into management and sales and the business side. It feels like a role that can open up a lot of different paths for people. Absolutely. I know people who've yeah, done all of those things. A lot of SEs start off here and they, they find that they really enjoy the sales side of things and they move into the sale, into the, you know, more of a, an account executive style role. I know people who've moved into product. I know people who've moved into sales marketing. So really the world's your oyster. I think it is such a real mix of different areas of business that can really catapult you into whatever direction you want to go in. Do you have any advice you'd give to either women that are currently studying at university or in school thinking of going to university about, you know, why they should consider a career in tech? Yeah, I think I think there are just so many opportunities in tech. Like I mentioned, there's so many career paths that you can do. And and I think often people think that to be working in tech, you need to be technical. And I don't think that's necessarily always the case as well. I think there's so many ways you can get into it and, and learn more. A lot of information is available online and there's a lot of training content that you can use to get started and get a feel for, for what kind of roles are out there and, and what what kind of courses may interest you in, in the future and in terms of what you want to do and what kind of career paths you want to take in tech. What fuels you outside of work? Oh, I have so many hobbies. <laughs> I'm really into all all kind of sport. I love it. I love doing any kind of mixed outdoor sports, you know, touch football. I love doing netball and tennis. I actually really, really enjoy tennis. I used to actually do tennis coaching back in the day um, when I was um, more at uni. But um, I really enjoy just being outside and, and kind of moving my body and socializing with people that way. But having moved to Melbourne, where it's a little bit colder and it's <laughs> not as sunny, and you don't always get the opportunity to do that. I love doing anything really artistic or, or crafty. So I love painting. I love doing crocheting and knitting. I kind of picked up a lot of those hobbies during lockdown, which I've been able to transfer. I've been knitting a couple of scarves, which is great for the Melbourne weather. But I also I enjoy reading and, and watching Netflix and all of those kind of homebody activities. <laughs> I guess the big question is, when are we going to see your artwork on Etsy and is this going to become your side hustle? 
<laughs> if we do lockdown 3.0 or whatever we're up to, I think we'll definitely <laughs> see a bit of that. I'd love to I'd love to do that. I think we'd like to see the side hustle without the need <laughs> for another lockdown in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a, definitely a weekend hobby, so I'd love to spend a little bit more time on it. A few fun questions to wrap up. What is your favourite book or podcast? I think my favourite, I'm really into podcasts. I love anything true crime. So I think my favourite podcast at the moment is Case File. It's an Australian podcast and I think every week uh, they do a, a, a review or, or a storytelling of um, a famous true crime story, usually in Australia or the US. Um, but I find it really interesting. <laughs> Best movie or TV show to binge watch? Ooh, I think my favourite movie is Marie Antoinette by Sofia Coppola. I, I really enjoy her style of movies. I think she does really creative, visually beautiful movies, whether it's set design, costume. So pretty much anything of hers I, I usually love. A place everyone must visit in their lifetime. I think my favourite place is definitely Noosa, which is in Queensland. I go almost every year for Christmas. It just reminds me of summer. Um, I think it has amazing beaches. It's got great shopping. Um, it's definitely a, a go-to destination. It is a gorgeous place. Uh, do you have a favourite food? Oh, yes. I love anything Italian. So <laughs> I love pasta. I love pizza. I could eat it every day if I could. <laughs> I think we just found the real reason you moved to Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I think the food in Melbourne is just amazing. Yeah. There are very few places like Ligon Street. Yeah. Well, Tess, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you for joining and sharing your story. Oh, thanks, Kat. It's been amazing. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, it, it's always amazing to hear what other women are doing with their career, and it's something that I've always really enjoyed listening to, so it's great to be a part of the podcast. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Make sure to join our LinkedIn group to continue the conversation and connect with all of our guests on the show. You can find us on the ANZW podcast homepage, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you know someone with a great story to share, drop us a note. We would love to hear from you. Have a great week and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.